It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number, but hang on there. Before we get this whole thing going with all the stories that I have lined up for you, I want to let you know something about my morning routine, especially on a Monday morning. It's kind of important to how the whole program comes together and what I decide is important to talk to you guys about. And the garbage that's out there. And as you know, I've, you've heard me many times say that a lot of the news that comes up in the morning, or just in general throughout the day, is nonsense. It's garbage. It's people arguing back and forth, nitpicking each other. It's a lot of useless drama that you don't need to concern yourself with, right? I understand why a lot of people don't get involved in politics, because it's just useless, wasted drama. So that's why I take most of the stories and I just sweep them away and I look for what's actually real news that you should actually be concerned about. So imagine this morning as I get here and I start looking for what to talk to you guys about. And this is actually a lead story on a what's supposed to be a news website, a major news organization. Headline, air travel controversy. Passengers who recline their seats in flights are seen as rude. <clears throat> yeah, that's um, that's the big airline story there. That's a big... That's uh, out of all the things you need to be concerning yourself with. While on a flight, should you recline your seat or not? One passenger did. And here's what... And this also shows you what in general people get involved in that they should, you know, because among human beings, I've been thinking about this quite a bit lately, among human beings, there's a lot of drama out there, which personally, I choose just to not involve myself with, not just when I look at news, but in general, if I walk into a room and there's a bunch of drama going on, I walk out of the room. People that I've known over the years who engage in constant nonstop drama, they don't understand that actually they're the cause of all of the drama. And if, if I just walk away from them and not bother with them anymore, I notice my life is very quiet because the cause of the drama is not around me anymore. All right, so here's the story that they want. This is major news from a major news organization, you know. It starts... Where do you stand, or sit, as the case may be, on the controversial air travel issue of reclining your seat? For years, people have weighed in on whether they or their passengers full, should fully recline their seat during a flight, especially amid a long flight, because the act of reclining the seat means the person seated behind the airplane chair will have far less space otherwise. People are vehement on both sides of the issue. Uh, yes, go for it. It's your seat. You paid for it, some say. While the other person, no, don't recline your seats. It's extremely rude to the person behind you. Now comes further discussion on the controversy. A user on Reddit 
recently shared that she was on a flight from U.S. to Australia. 14 hours, she added. And sometime into the flight, I reclined my seat. But then the person posted, the girl behind me poked me and told me not to recline my seat because it was uncomfortable. What is the etiquette here? Fox News Digital reached out for comment. And, quote, I was flying to America to see my partner. She said it was a flight from L.A. airport. Okay. The woman behind me poked me repeatedly. I turned and looked at her, and she told me she was trying to watch a movie, and I shouldn't recline my seat. What about that? What about when you're on an airplane and there's that television screen in front of you? Someone's trying to watch a movie, right? It's a 14-hour flight, so you really want to be able to sleep through some of it. Well, it's obvious that this woman thought she had the right and was going to continue annoying me. I called a flight attendant, asked if we could move seats. The attendant was happy to oblige since there was a couple of seats vacant. I have never been on a long-haul flight where the person behind me was so aggressive about the recliner. Yeah, okay, on and on this goes here. So where do you come down on reclining the seat? Okay. I paid for the seat. If I want to recline it, I will. Sitting, I, I usually do sit up very straight, but if I'm on a long flight, I recline the seat. And while I understand, I have had the person in front of me recline, and it was, you know, I was looking at something on the screen, and I thought, oh, well, that's inconvenient. But I also understand the person up front wants to get comfortable because it's a long flight. So I don't just think about myself. I think about the person in front of me, too, needing to get comfortable. Besides, the seat only reclines back, what, half an inch? Okay. There, that's the end of that controversy. And I move on with my life. And I like the woman's answer of, well, if it's that annoying and there's an empty seat over there, I'll sit in the empty seat where I can recline and not bother the person behind me. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm sort of done with the whole thing. And I am really sorry I even brought up the topic on air, frankly. But that was considered a major news story. It's fine, I think, to write about a story like this and put it out there on the Internet just to see if anyone's interested in the discussion. I'm okay with that. It, what got me was I get onto what's supposed to be a major news site, and this was their headline story. Should you recline your seat when flying? Don't you folks have something better to talk about? Oh, wait a second. Yeah, Rihanna from Fort Dangers. Send me a note here. People need to just learn what live and let me live means. Also, sometimes they say some people are... Um, Un, or, uh, some people are unfilled unless they are miserable. Uh, yeah, okay. Some people do like to miserably create drama. They're unfulfilled unless they do. And that's something that I do see all the time. But also, Rian, as far as the news cycle goes, when I get on to what are supposed to be news websites, and I see that most of it is useless drama, as much as I blame what's supposed to be the news organizations for posting all of that stuff, and useless stories like I just told you about here. I also think, hang on. They do it because we click on it. The, these stories that I brush away as just nonsense and a waste of your time and my time, the reason that they're all over the place 
is because we click on it. People actually do read these stories. Yeah, that's part of the problem here. Also, we have so much content out there today, especially not just a 24-hour news cycle on television stations, YouTube pages, and other social media, all sorts of websites out there trying to make a living. And they're just starving for content. And so this is the kind of stuff they come up with, which is why I do my best, except for when we're fooling around, because, you know, sometimes I get sick of the news and I get off on some other just absurd topic just because we need a break and we need to laugh a little bit. But uh, most of the stories that I take a look at, I'm hoping actually have really some value to you other than the nonsense and drama that I see that are put out there by most organizations, which are supposed to be news organization. Shocking cells, right? And so that's what they push. All right. I'll get some more interesting news up, something that you maybe even care about. Right after this news and information break, 615, Wake Up Wyoming. In the aftermath. 97 Woods, or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six twenty-one's the time. Let's wake up, my own. My name's Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me on the cool side this morning. Getting into more seasonable temperatures. Got something about that coming up a little bit later on this morning. Because it's, it's not this week, but next week. Actually, there's a rain and snow mix. If that forecast holds, which it probably will. Okay, headline for you. I like this headline from Reuters News. They decided to do some fact checking. We never said vaccines, COVID vaccines, would prevent anything. The story says social media users are circulating video clips of testimony by Pfizer executives who admit that the company and its partner, BioNTech, did not test whether their COVID-19 vaccine reduced the virus transmission prior to rolling it out, which is something... The companies are not required to do because they were trying to push regulations through. To get emergency approval, companies needed to show that the vaccines were safe and prevented, you know, uh, you get the idea, prevented people from getting ill and so on. They did not have to show us that the vaccine would also prevent people from spreading the virus to others. Once the vaccines were on the market, independent researchers in multiple countries studied the people who received these vaccines and did show the vaccines reduced transmission, uh, but misleading posts imply the national restrictions such as vaccine passports were based on promises of vaccines blocking the virus. So in other words, on the one hand, you're being told that, well, if you get the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. And yet I know people who got all the vaccines, all the boosters, and got COVID more than once. And yet here's Pfizer, for one, stepping up and saying, well, we never said that you weren't going to get sick. We never said you weren't going to spread COVID. Well, hold on now. See, this is where, as all of this was going, I was saying at the time, I can't wait till we step back later to find out what was really going on. Uh, The story says, while there is no evidence Pfizer ever claimed his vaccine was tested for transmission, 
The notion that vaccine offers protection against the spread was seized upon by government to compel uh, people to get the vaccine. Okay, but again, what actually happened, you, you, you were told, get vaccinated and you won't get sick. And you won't get others sick. That's what you were told. Well, for example, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the You're United States. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is really becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And that means getting vaccinated, you can save yourself. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. And when people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data. What's your take on the next steps for COVID? What should the country be doing right now? Getting vaccinated. And for those who aren't? They've got a problem. We have the capacity to control it. They should get vaccinated. Let me emphasize that if you are vaccinated, you have a very high degree of protection, and therefore you do not need to wear a mask. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals. Well, guess what? So how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? Person, should we have any worries about walking by someone on the street who may be unvaccinated? Not at all. I would have no concern walking down the street past a person who's not been vaccinated and even a person who's been infected because the protection is really quite substantial. Well, whether you're working in a supermarket to make sure you have been vaccinated so you're not spreading anything to anyone else or you're not likely to get the virus. The primary end on which the 95% efficacy was determined was based on the prevention of clinically recognizable disease. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. Will the president update his language at some time to be more reflective of the fact that people who are triple vaccinated are catching and spreading COVID. So, think about what was just asked at the very end of that. In fact, that's true. People who had been triple vaccinated were getting sick, and still are getting sick, and are also spreading it. So you heard all of those people telling you, all of those people were telling you that you get, and this is what the science, remember you're a science denier if you don't, if you don't believe this, you get vaccinated and especially all of the boosters with all of the different vaccines and all of the boosters you're not going to get it you're not going to spread it yet again even here's pfizer stepping up well we never said that and it turns out that i and even i personally know of people who have been multiple vaccinated who not only got it but to very likely spread it to people around them I know people who got sick more than once, and they told me, oh, no, I got all my vaccines and I got all the boosters, and they got sick more than once. So for those people, and I got another story here about people who will call us 
science deniers, not just on this, but other topics as well. When I like to point out, hey, I am pointing at the science. I'm telling you what the scientists said, but also what the results of our own studies say. Not what was popular to say at the time, but what the data shows later. And remember, I'm not some genius here. I'm not going to claim to be some genius. But one of the things I have learned in my life is whenever a news story is developing, the best thing to do is to sit back and wait. Hard to do. It's very difficult to do that sometimes. But sit and wait because over time, more evidence starts to come out. And as more evidence starts to come out, you begin to realize, hey, we've been looking at this all wrong, and we need to draw a different conclusion here. Well, we still have a ways to go, but more data is coming in to show that, you know, wearing masks had very little effect, not much. Some, but mostly not. And vaccines, yeah, some, but not a whole lot of effect, not like... Not like they told us. Again, you were told you weren't going to get sick and you couldn't spread it. Yet we know that that has happened. As more data comes in, I can't wait to see what the actual death count for COVID really is compared to what they claimed it was, because we all know that those numbers are off too. Coming up on 6.30, update on your weather forecast comes right after local news. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. Wake up, Wyoming. do with the wake up wyoming app free download for apple and android this is k2 radio Six thirty-six. the time it's wake up wyoming hey, if you just joining me so i was reading the story that shows Pfizer uh, pretty much coming out and saying that's yeah the pharmaceutical company major COVID vaccines coming out and saying well we never said you weren't going to get sick we never said you weren't going to spread it and I personally know people got all their vaccines and all of their boosters and yet because there were different strains of COVID so there were different vaccines that came out and then boosters that came with it and they got sick Here's Rhiannon for danger. We know three people who got the jab and ended up dying months later. Okay. And I played you audio of the president saying you get the jab, you won't get sick. This is a it's an illness of the unvaccinated. It's a you know and other people, not just politicians, but media people, I played you audio from them. Oh no, no, you get sick, you get your, your vaccine, you're not gonna, Dr. Fauci was in there too. You get your vaccine, you're not gonna get sick. All these claims, which at the time I looked at and I thought, I don't think they have the data. They're making this up as they go along. They're rushing out vaccines, they're making this up as they go along. And I don't think they have the data to make claims like this. Now I understand if, they honestly think that there's some disease out there that we have to worry about that could really be deadly to us, that they're going to try to do whatever they can as fast as they can, and they're going to make mistakes. And I get that. But so many of you who just decided, you know, I'm not going to do and I'm not, I'm not going to play this game, were criticized, me too, for just not playing along and uh, 
now that we go back, now that we're looking at the data as it comes in, as we're getting away from 2020, a couple of years out, and watch as we turn, let's turn back and look at this five years from now. This is why I say you got to be patient. And look at the data and what happened. And we find out wearing a mask, again, does have some effect. You, We all spit when we talk. We all breathe humidity. And a mask will catch some of that. But a lot of the germs get right through it. Milo and also in Fort Danger. Boy, the plexiglass people made out like bandits during COVID. Yeah, they did. All these precautions we were supposed to take in stores and restaurants and so on. And a lot of it was just very ineffective. It really did not have the effect that everybody thought it had. And I still see people on occasion when they get sick and they don't want to you know, bother anyone around them. They don't want to make the people around them sick either. They, they're wearing a mask. And I guess they don't understand how ineffective the mask is. Some effect, sure, again. You spit when you talk. You don't even know you're doing it. You're breathing out humidity. So putting something to cover your face, does it have some effect? Yes, it does, but not as much as you're thinking it does. It doesn't prevent anything. Dial it back a little bit, sure, but it doesn't prevent anything. That's why getting all of these vaccines, does it prevent? No. We will have to wait a few years to find out if these vaccines, well, how much effect these vaccines actually have. But we do know now that getting vaccinated, even all of your shots and all of your boosters, did not mean that you weren't going to get it and didn't mean that you weren't going to spread it. How effective? We're still waiting to see those numbers. All right. But not nearly as effective as you were told. That I can say with confidence. Not nearly as effective as you were told. So, okay. Mostly for me, this is about the hype of government and the hype of media as they don't take things rationally. But again, we get involved in this politicized hype. And the whole COVID pandemic thing was highly politicized as well. That's another problem that I had with it is it was very politicized as to who was pushing it, who resisted it. So... I would hope that there would be a lesson to learn here, but I know the lessons to learn here are not going to come from your what we call what we used to call the mainstream media, but I don't think they're so mainstream anymore. And those in certain halls of government are certainly not going to give us the truth on this over a period of time. I, I just don't see because they never have really, and they're still not going to. We still have a really hard time getting the Biden administration to admit that a lot of what they tried to do through COVID just didn't work. I mean, to watch a press conference at times when somebody actually asks a real quick, usually a Fox News reporter actually will ask a real question about COVID and about the effectiveness of vaccines and masking and so on, and watch them dodge the answer. Even as the president got sick, and I believe more than once, the first lady got sick as well. They were all vaccinated, right? Yet they still all got sick. So we're just going to have to wait for full data. Also, again, I still wonder I, the death toll that we were told. I never did trust the number as to what was counted as a COVID death. Over time, we will get a better, hopefully, a better look at what the real numbers were compared to what we were being told at the time through all of the media and government hype behind it. 642, Don Day with the weather.
Yesterday's chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Six forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Frank, remember when you were a young man going to the school library and you had to go ahead and, you know, look, look up a book somewhere and there was those, like, rows and rows of card files? Um, that was years and years yes. ago, and I very rarely made a trip to the library. Oh, but okay. I do remember I do remember the card catalog. Dewey Decimal. The Dewey Decimal system, yeah, yes. That's right, yeah. Okay, so then if you wanted to find anything else, I mean, back when you first started this business, and, and by the way, Folks, that's when Frank, in order to deliver sports, had to bang rocks together. Pretty so, much, yeah. yeah. And, when, spl- and splice tape with a, with a, with oh, a razor blade. Yeah. So, so when you did research for sports, I mean, you had to, like, manually research stuff. Right. right. This was before the Internet. Yes. Oh, I used to come into work every day in order to do this radio show with stacks and file folders filled with newspaper and magazine clippings. Me too, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I had stuff all over the place. I mean, how, how did you find everything out unless you went, actually went to the library? Yes, and there were times I would go to the library to find information. I spent a lot of time there and in bookstores. How many subscriptions did you have to magazines and stuff well, like that? Well, I think... Um we always had. We always seemed to have Time Magazine. I always had Sports Illustrated. I had yeah. sport, Sporting News. I still, after all the, like I mentioned before, I still, after all these years, the Smithsonian Magazine. Uh, I yeah. mean, um, there were a lot of you know sport, sports stuff that uh, you know the, some of the sports magazines you know don't exist in the in the form that they do yeah, today. Like, no, they're online now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I used to get at my in my mailbox. My mailbox was stuffed constantly with magazines and newspapers and <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So I was constantly and, and I had what I called my you know sun Sunday I would turn on the Sunday talk shows back when they were actually good. And then you would probably turn on something sports related and I would sit in front of the television with stacks of magazines and newspapers and that was my research for the week. And you and you cut out stuff with scissors that you wanted to see. Yes, exactly. That's why I came in to work with file folders filled with clippings. Okay, I bring that all up because I was noticing on Sunday when I was looking for stuff to talk about today, I sat down with my feet up and a cup of coffee and a tablet. Oh, okay. And anything I needed to know, I could just ask my tablet and it answered me. It's, it, it, that, that, that's creepy, isn't it? Yes, it would just talk back to me. That's yeah. where, Just want you to notice how, how far things have changed from when we started, okay, Frank? Oh, I understand. So the NFL tonight, the Denver Broncos will be on the road to Los Angeles to meet the Chargers, even though the Broncos are 2-3. and There have been quite a dysfunctional group, especially on offense. Quarterback Russell Wilson has struggled to find the right receivers to throw to, and receivers are dropping balls. It's a critical game for Denver to figure out if their season is going north or going south. Broncos are four-and-a-half-point underdogs in the game. In the NFL from yesterday, the Buffalo Bills, with former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen, 6-1 and one with a big road win over Kansas City yesterday, 24-20. Allen won 27-40 for three. 129 yards and three touchdown passes, and he's playing at an MVP-type level. He led the Bills to the go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter by one, hurtling a Chiefs defensive player on one play, and then throwing a strike to Dawson Knox in the end zone for a touchdown with 104 remaining. Also in the NFL, Cincinnati beat New Orleans 30-26. Former UW guy and Casper native Logan Wilson had 
four tackles in that game for the Bengals. In high school football from over the weekend, first and four A, number one Sheridan survived number three in the Toronto 28-22, which turned out to be a pretty good game. Kelly Walsh lost big to Thunder Basin 65-20. Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South 61-7. Cheyenne Central bombarded Campbell County 56-17. Laramie lost at Rock Springs 35-13. In 3A, Douglas over Rollins 57-13. In 2A, Burns over Wheatland 23-21. Newcastle got by Glenrock 26-12. In 1A, 6-man, Midwest lost to Matitsi 65-19. In KC down Hewlett 46-20. In high school cross country, the state meet will be this Saturday at Wyoming Indian High School in Ethany. The 4A West Regional Meet was over the weekend in Afton. The Tronus Tristan Enders took second in the boys' race with Laramie's Dominic Eberly third and sees Jackson Dutcher was fourth. On the girls' side, Laramie's Addison Forey placed second and the Tronus Alley Wheeler was third. The 4A East Meet was over the weekend in Cheyenne. Central's Bridger Brokaw won the boys' race with his teammate Will Barrington fourth. On the ladies' side, Central went 1-2-3 with Sidney Morrell first, Avery Periton second, and Emma Hoffmeister third. In Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees stayed alive in the American League Best of Five Series with a 4-2 row win over Cleveland with Game 5 tonight in New York. Over the weekend, Houston advanced to the American League Championship Series for the sixth straight year, beating Seattle in Game 3, won the nothing in a game that lasted 18 innings. In the National League, San Diego eliminated the LA Dodgers in four games. The Dodgers won 111 games during the regular season. Defending world champion Atlanta eliminated by Philadelphia. The Braves won 101 games during the regular season. Ouch! 18 innings sounds exhausting. It's a long game. That is, yeah. How did the fans take it? They, they, you know what? I think they were still probably trying to drink beer in the 16th inning. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It, That's, the, uh, the problem is that these places normally stop serving beer in, in the middle of the 7th inning. Okay. That's... Um, that, that's a, a lot of trips to the urinal during the course of the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, but, but it kept going on and on and on okay. and on and on and on, a, on and on. Do most of the fans stay through 18 Oh, I think they all did. They during all a did. playoff game, you bet they did. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Coming up, well, maybe that's history. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. Then there's news time. National local update on weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Hi, I'm Frankie. Six to time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Monday on the cool side out there. Where I'm at, I'm in the mid-20s or so. We'll talk to Don. You heard your local weather forecast on your local station right after the news and information got over. Well, Don Day will be on at 745 because this is another nice week, which is really suspicious. Makes you wonder what Canada's up to. But maybe next week something really changes. I'll talk to him about that at about 7.45 this morning. All right, here's some good news for you. So, you've been hearing a lot about a push for something called ESG, environmental or the environment social governance, which the idea is if you're involved in industries like coal, gas, and oil, or guns, or whatever, your social justice score is low then you're going to have a hard time getting bank loans and stuff like that because the woke community has been, even through government, pushing lending institutions to not do business with people who, well, don't play according to woke rules, right? So 
wouldn't it be nice if somebody in the market, this is what I love about the free marketplace, someone in the free market were to step up and go, so you're just not going to do business with those people, huh? Boy, wow. You're leaving a lot of money on the table there. Well, we'll do business with those people. From Cowboy State Daily, anti-woke investment groups offer financing support for Wyoming Energy. Yes. Now, I hope this all works out. I'm, I'm, I cannot wait to see how this plays out. Here's the story. Some assets management and exchange trade funds are responding to, quote, social credit scores in investing, which have greatly impacted oil, gas, coal, nuclear, pro, and, and guns, too, by the way, other things like that. Many large investment firms make decisions on who to do business with based on guidance from the environment social governance movement, which rates companies according to their political and social criteria, including environmental impacts of the company's operation and its work for reduction of CO2 emissions. Well, the story says, taking the woke out of in investing quote that's one of the reasons that over the last five to ten years we've seen a lot of capital come out of the oil and gas industry it's been more difficult to people to access loans well to do the work that they have to do according to anson fredericks co-founder uh, of coo strive investment management he was talking to cowboy state daily the founder of strive had a vision of doing business without considering social agendas or based on leaning one political direction or the other. Quote, we believe that makes us a better fiduciary for the vast majority of Americans that do not want to see corporations getting involved in politics. Well, of course not. What I really want to see more than anything else, rather than Get them getting in. Stay, keep politics out of it. If you're in the energy industry, your job is to produce energy so people can do what they need to do personally and business-wise too, right? Just focus on your job, not on the social credit score or environmental credit score that someone thinks. We can go through the whole CO2 argument again and get the idea. Focus on getting the work done. Quote, these kinds of investment funds may offer a solution to a growing problem for some industries. As a conservative, he says, I believe markets are always the best place to have the most efficient allocations of people's resources. And that's why ESG is such a problem, because it takes away from the concept that we're going to do what is best for our investors. And think about that for a moment. Investors, that's not just rich people like you're told. Investors are people like grandma who is retired and living on a fixed income. When you take a look at who owns an oil company, the owner of an oil company, you, you've been showing this over the years, is usually some pot-bellied guy in a three-piece suit with his feet up on a desk, and he's got a cigar going. <laughs> That's what you think as the owner of an oil company, right? But actually, the owner of an oil company are all sorts of investors, people who have retired on their investments, and now they're living on fixed incomes. That's who your real owner of oil, gas, and coal are. It's a big part of their 401k portfolio. So 
They want to know that their investments are being taken care of. The purpose of any company is not woke social justice movements. The purpose of a company is to make money. Profit is not a dirty word. Profit is a good thing. It means a company is successful in what it does. In order for a company to be successful, they've got to produce a good product at a good price with a good service record for anything that might go wrong. That's And that makes people want to do business with the company. So they are fast, they are efficient, they're clean. That's That's what makes a company successful. So your government, on the other hand, doesn't have to be any of those things, but a private company has to if they're going to survive. Last spring, Wyoming lawmakers contemplated a bill to limit the influence of ESG sources, the story says. The bill's ability to address the problem came under scrutiny, and it died in committee. Among the issues raised about the bill was the global influence of large investment firms over where the Wyoming legislator has no jurisdiction. I kind of wondered the same thing. I, I just wonder, I understand the bill, I like the concept of the bill, but there's no way to really, as far as I'm concerned, enforce that. Even if you're just trying to do it within Wyoming borders. So Bonner was a co-sponsor of one of the bills. He said, I support the legislation to help deal with the issue if we can, but obviously the best best path forward was to be meeting what the market challenges were. So he and other top legislators were looking for a solution, but the wording of the bill needed to be worked out so that it had effectively addressed the problem. And again, it's very difficult to do that and gain traction. But there is a market solution to this. Okay? The story says, while Strive, the company, remains neutral respects to political agendas, other investment funds specifically cater to their clients' political sides of the spectrum. Port Ridge Capital allows clients to make investments that align with their Republican beliefs. Their MAGA exchange trade, for example. Yeah, they actually have that. Uh, it's made up of stocks with uh, the S&P 500 that support Republican candidates. So if you were conservative, you can do that. But this is where this company, Strive, just stays out of both sides of the argument. They just don't care. Are you doing business in, in successfully? That's what they work with as far as not just investors into the company, but as providing capital for these companies so they can operate. Quote, this is why Frederick set up Strive as a company solely committed to performance. It's pro-energy. Because regardless of any commitment to emissions or reductions or anything else, they're just going to look at, is the company doing what they need to do to be a successful company? Forget, again, what their social credit score is. We're, they're taking a look at work ethic here, right? If you want to have wind, you want to have solar, you can do that but you're not gonna be able to meet the current demands for energy. And so you're not gonna be able to get uh, credit really any credibly for decades to come. So they focus on oil, nuclear, they do wind and solar, sure. Geothermal, natural gas, hydraulics. Can you produce? That's what they're interested in. Despite his politically neutral stance, 
It got sharp criticism from the Sunrise Project, a nonprofit in Australia committed to solving what it calls the climate crisis. Well, let them criticize. That's fine. They can criticize all they want. So, 10 years ago, someone started an asset management company that was going to act as the sole interest of its clients to maximize their financial returns. That would not have been bad news. But today, even profit is considered evil. People would have said, so what back then? So what if an asset management company is trying to maximize profits? That's what they do. That's the purpose of it. Quote, but, you know, in the days that, that, that we live in, if you don't come up with a politicized agenda, then all of a sudden you're seen as a cold-hearted capitalist. Well, again, capitalism is not a dirty word. Profit is not a dirty word. Financial Times reports last year that its social investment movement, dubbed by critics as woke investing, has resulted in a 50% decline in oil and gas exploration. Now, what's interesting here is this company looks at that. So you're not going to support those companies, coal, gas, and oil, and nuclear, and so on. You're not going to, huh? Well, you've left, again, a lot on the table. These companies need investments. They need to be able to borrow money, things like that. So if you're not going to do business with them, says this company, we will. Thank you very much for just leaving all of that on the table. We'll just go ahead and pick it up and carry on. Now, let's see how that works out for them. I hope it works out extraordinarily well. It should. 717's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888-97-WOODS, phone number 888-97-WOODS. So, just gave you a story from Cowboy State Daily, and I'm glad they did that story. You've heard about the ESG companies where... Oh, no, you have to have a good social justice woke score, basically. Or it's going to be very difficult to borrow money. And big companies need to constantly shift investments, borrow money. They have to have investors, et cetera, et cetera. So here comes a company that says, you're just going to leave all that money on the table? You're not going to do business with these companies? We will. And we don't care. We, we just want to know that they're profitable that they're doing what they need to do to be productive, okay? That's it. What their opinion is on things doesn't matter. The fact that they're involved in coal, gas, oil, guns, stuff like that, doesn't matter to us. Are they doing what they need to do to be a profitable company? As far as their work is concerned, that's what we're gonna focus on. I'm gonna watch that group. I think it's very interesting as an investment group. Now on that note, so I came across a story, I used to watch this program all the time, you folks remember Sunday on CBS. I used to watch that religiously, but then they started going all one-sided politically too, and it became very difficult to watch. But one of the best shows, uh, Sunday morning, something I love doing, grabbing a cup of coffee, kicking my feet up. It's Sunday on CBS. And originally, it's Charles Kuralt that did the story. And it's a very laid back. It does some news, but it also just covers America. Just interesting stories from around America, not necessarily news, politics, things like that. 
There's a little bit of that, but not entirely. So they went to Jackson Hole because what they thought was really interesting. It, here's people. The medium household income in Jackson Hole is $300,000 a year, and that's not enough to live on. The average price of a home is about $3 million, and, and then it goes up from there. But the average price is about $3 million for a home. There are a lot of people who live in Jackson Hole, make thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year, and they can't afford to live there. And so the story, which is a very well-done story, they interviewed people who work there as just regular employees, but then and have to live way outside of town because they can't afford to live way, way outside of town because they can't in, in the next county and have to go all the way into work, and that's hard to do in the wintertime. A lot of the story, though, from the Sunday morning CBS program talked about income inequality, which I've always said that really that is a a, a fake topic Okay, I know that there are people who make more money than other people, and so what? You can do that in America if you want to do that. Don't fall victim to envy. If you live humble and you look up the road and somebody's making a lot more money than you are, then what you want to ask yourself is not what you can do to get the government to take their money and give it to you. What you ask yourself is what do you do to be like them? And so as they did the Jackson Hole story, they kept talking about income inequality. And my answer is, look, it's actually a simple solution for Jackson Hole. Don't do anything. I've seen this historically. If you look around, you'll see it historically, too. Don't do anything. Let it go. Here's what will happen. I know it will happen because it's historically has happened many times before. The people, the rich people of Jackson Hole, and yes, it's true, the billionaires are pushing out the millionaires. The rich people of Jackson Hole will start to find that, well, they're going to have to mow their own lawns, and, and some of them have really big lawns and trim their own hedges. If they wanted help around the house, maid service and so on, they're not going to have it. Unless they want to provide a place for these people to live. They are riding into town and they start thinking, I'd like to get some, some Starbucks. I want to pull in and get some coffee at a really nice coffee joint somewhere in town. But there's no staff because nobody can afford to live there. Then they're going to find that the restaurants they love to eat at are closed. The retail outlets they love to shop at are closed. But it's not just that. There's no police. There's no fire department. All of these other services that they're really used to, no one's there fixing the roads. The roads get potholes. There's nobody to fix them. Think of all the different services that take the average blue-collar worker, from the person who makes a morning cup of coffee or flips a burger at a burger joint, all the way to road construction crews and linemen with the power lines, and et cetera, et cetera. So people who are at the lower end of the scale, all the way up to people who make a pretty good living under middle-class circumstances, right? Jackson Hole begin to realize after a while that those people just aren't around anymore. And they'll understand they're not around because they just simply can't afford to live there. Now, I think most of the rich people in Jacksonville really are realizing this. Do not start any government program to, shut, to, to fix this. And some of the people in the – and I have this story, by the way, that I'm talking about. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning. If you want to see the piece, the video from Sunday on CBS, 
You can watch it for yourself. Because the suggestion is dropped several times by some people being interviewed that maybe we need to do something about this, this inequality. The answer is do nothing. Then watch. I told you some time ago, my a few years back, my sister, brother-in-law, my nieces, they came to Wyoming and they rented an RV. And I was the tour guide. And we went over. My sister said, well, let's just take us to the west side. Let's go see the Tetons. We'll explore that. Absolutely fine. I was the tour guide. And so we stopped at the KOA campground in Jackson, which is actually pretty expensive to stay at as far as KOAs go. And I noticed that there were a group of little micro homes because it's not just a KOA campground. There's also a hotel and restaurant there. And there's micro homes there. And I asked the owner of the KOA slash hotel and restaurant, who's staying in the micro homes? Are those for rent? And he goes, no, that's where my employees stay. Because if I didn't give them a place to stay, I wouldn't have anyone to work this place. They, they couldn't afford to live here. It's too expensive. See, there's the situation starting to work itself out. One of the beautiful things about free market and capitalism is when people find that they're having a problem, you don't come in with some kind of government solution and force the market. That's what destroys the market. And, and you can tell the Biden administration is doing exactly that. They're trying to force the market to do what they want it to do, and it doesn't work that way. Let it go. People will do what they have to do to fill their needs. And so in this case, the rich people of Jackson Hole will look around and go, wow, the stores are all closed. So are the restaurants. Everything is getting shut down. There's potholes in the street. We don't have any police or firefighters or anything. What do we do here? Well, you figure out a way to make it affordable for them to live there. And watch how really creative solutions start to pop up. Sometimes people will really think outside the box to fill to fill whatever the need is. When a need needs to be filled, you'll find that people will come up with the most creative ways to do it. So keep the government out of the solution, Jackson Hole. Let the market do what it does. Coming up on 7.30, local news. Update on your weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming. K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat it on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Seven thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. All right, so thanks to Scott and Casper, I'm going to read what you just sent me. So here are these companies out there doing the ESG thing. The Social Justice Warrior Score... Which, by the way, I have written that episode we talked about on Friday where he tries to chase down the bad guy in his mother's electric car. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to probably carve that up into two or three episodes. Part one has been written and sent off to someone to voice it, just so you know. But okay, so 
There's a company out there that said, we're not doing the ESGA score. We're just going to take a look at if a company is doing what they need to do to be a profitable company as far as just their work ethic is concerned. And I, I wish them the best in getting that because the whole idea of having to pass some kind of a woke social justice score in order to get investment as a company, you know, I mean, obviously – Nonsense. We can go into all the reasons why, but look at this. Remember Bank of the West a few years ago? Bank of the West, here's a headline, makes a stand against oil and gas companies, faces backlash. That was a San Francisco bank company. We're no longer going to do business with companies that do oil and gas. Excuse me, Bank of the West. You are Bank of the West, right? Yeah, this was a company, they said San Francisco-based. It was actually bought by a French company. But the United States corporate headquarters were in San Francisco. And so here in Wyoming, there's a lot of branches of Bank of the West, and they do a lot of business with coal, gas, and oil. Then was a headline, County Commissioner Strongly Opposed Bank of the West Stance in Oil and Gas. Let's see, uh, another headline. Let's see if I can get this. to Yeah, okay, that was basically the ones here. Um, Bank of the West faced enough of a backlash over it that I'm, I'm I'm thinking they backed off on it eventually, right? Didn't they do that, Steve? The last I had heard that they ended up just backing off eventually so they could continue to do business with companies that made a lot of money for them. At the time, I was reminding people or asking people, if you will, if you're mad at Bank of the West, because I knew several people who just pulled their money out of Bank of the West. In fact, it was... Um, Governor Matt Mead at the time, who was, I believe, threatening to pull Wyoming investments out of Bank of the West as a state of Wyoming investments numbers, not doing business with them. So I was saying to people at the time, please, if you get mad at Bank of the West, do not take it out on the employees here in Wyoming because they just work for the company. They didn't order this. This was a San Francisco office. And it was it was also owned by the French. And there was a big backlash against them for trying to do that. But once again, just keep in mind, uh, there are companies out there who feel that they have to do the whole woke thing. They feel the political and social pressure in order to do it. But there's a way to press back against it because there's companies out there who just want to do business the old-fashioned capitalist way. That's, they really they just want to do business the old-fashioned capitalist way, and they exist, and they're now advertising it. And so you can actually find companies like that and do business with them who are just interested in business. I even, I know some of you are not going to like me for this, I even disagree with those companies who will, if you're a conservative Republican, will do business with. I don't want any, one way or the other, I, I don't care. I want you to focus on good business practices, not on what someone's political or social point of view is. There shouldn't be any such kind of questionnaire. Are you engaged in good business practices? Then we'll go ahead and invest with you. I mean, if not, then if, if you're falling apart because you're just mismanaged, and for that matter, you're not focused on doing business. If you're all woke and focus on your social credit score, then you're not focused on doing what a company should be doing, which is making a profit. And that's what companies do. They're designed to make a profit. Profit is not a dirty word. It's not an evil thing. In order for a company to be profitable, they have to 
satisfy their customers with a good product at a good price with good service behind that product. If the company in any way is dishonest or not quality or overpriced, they're, they're going to end up losing out to their competitors. That's why capitalism works. Okay. Companies that want to survive have to constantly outdo their competitors in quality, price, and service. That's why I, you find me in opposition to government solving our problems because they're not really beholden it to anyone. And you might think, well, they're beholden to the taxpayers. Yeah, how's that working out for you? Beholden to the taxpayers. Not really. No. So let the market do what it does and don't worry about your social credit score. I'm looking for the company that doesn't care about the social credit score, that just cares about quality and workmanship, things like that. Things that actually make a company great. 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Talk Radio Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Seven forty-five is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Try to get a hold of Don Day. Day weather. He seems to be having a little bit of problem picking up here. I do know this. We'll see if I can get him on. I'm still buzzing his. We we do this over a basically like a Skype call thing here that makes him sound like he's in the studio with me. But anyway, so looking at this weather, I know this for this week's weather. Yeah, you're waking up to kind of cool temps. I'm in like the mid-20s where I am right now. And then we get into the rest of this week, and it was like yesterday, which was just a gorgeous day. We got temperatures like in the 60s and, you know, maybe a couple little puffy clouds floating around. And that's about it. And there's not a whole lot going on during the course of the week. But watch the weather forecast as we get into next week, as we get in like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Because from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing Don Day saying is we probably have a little bit of a change coming where some wind comes into the area. See, you've been waiting on that, right? Some wind comes into the area. And if wind doesn't come into the area, uh, with well, of course it will. But as the wind comes into the area, along with that comes some freezing rain, some snow, some sleet coming down. Now, this again, it would be like Sunday, Monday Tuesday when all of this is moving in, if that forecast holds. And that's about a week out. And Don Day will tell you, as he often does on this program, we're dealing about a week out. A lot can change between now and then. Now, on that note, uh, October, gee, what is this, 16th uh, and 17th, 1998. Now, I know that Casper area got a whopping 18.7 inches of snow. That was one of those historic snowfalls. Here's some other numbers. Let me see. 1982, uh, 1973, 1946, 1978. All of those, yeah, there, there were people, well, you, you got like a foot or more of snow, and often cases much more than a foot or more of snow. Whoop, I got a hold up. Here we go. Let's see if I can get them real quick here. This is Don Day trying to call me back, so I'm trying to call him. There, are you there, Don? I am. Okay, I'm glad you made it in. All right, I was just trying to do your job on the air, and I suck at it. Um, we have a nice week, right, this week? Gorgeous. Gorgeous, okay, like Sunday was, just that kind of gorgeous? 
Oh, wasn't yesterday just amazing? Oh, man, it was. Yeah. Now, what happens next week, and what are the odds that we're going to get a good storm, or is it just like a, a wet, sloshy, windy couple of days? No, I think we need to be prepared for, for several days of much colder weather, and there is a high degree of confidence that we'll see the first significant snow of the season hit the mountains of the state. Okay. Um, and I do see rain and snow on the plains. It's going to come in two shots. Shot number one, it's going to come in late Saturday night, Sunday into Monday. That'll be followed by a brief break uh as we get in you know early next week but sometime around wednesday and thursday another shot comes and that's going to bring another round of snow to the mountains and even colder weather to the low elevations and that's going to have some staying power um so it's not just a brief episode this is going to be multiple days of it being much much colder than it's been and unsettled as well and especially the high country glen uh is going to see the significant snow so it sounds like your confidence i know this is a week out but it sounds like your confidence that this is pretty high it is uh what we see in the big picture uh the, what we see, the the, the, the clues, a very strong jet stream in, in the North Pacific, and the fact that we've had really, you know, two weeks of really almost no weather, you know, that that is, there's a lot of the stars are lining up from what uh, we look at. When you expect a big change, those are all falling together. See, I told you about this. Canada suckers us outside, and just when we're confident and feeling really good, what? Yeah, you know, Canada's picking on, you know, there there's going to be freeze, there's freeze warnings into the deep south. Really? Um, you know, so while the western half is, has this great weather, it is darn cold over on the eastern side of the country right now. So oh, Canada's okay. already throwing. So we were really enjoying this nice weekend, but over on the east coast over there, they've actually got some, you got snow with all of that freeze? In, in the northern Great Lakes and yeah. parts of uh, northern New England, yes. Um, okay. Snow got pretty far south into parts of upper Michigan. So uh, it's certainly going to be uh, very chilly over on that side of the country. And if you heard a noise yeah. this weekend, it was the whining. I understand, yeah. All right. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Don. <laughs> Don, day with day weather. Okay, off to the icebox we go. So um, there you go, Frank. We, you got one more week to enjoy this. You know, this is this has actually been that, that was encouraging. Yeah, because it's not going to be gnarly weather until Saturday night. Yes, there's a, I have a we have a big state high school cross country meet in in the, near Riverton on Saturday afternoon and Saturday morning. Okay, so let's give these kids the best possible chance to compete without being miserable. Yeah, and same thing with the parents and the officials. Yep. So we're good, and we'll be miserable after that. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> All righty. The uh, it's in the NFL tonight. The Denver Broncos will be on the road in Los Angeles to meet the Chargers. Even though the Broncos are two and three, they've been uh, quite the dysfunctional group, especially on offense. Quarterback Russell Wilson has struggled to find the right receivers to throw to, and receivers are dropping balls. This is a critical game for Denver to figure out if their season is going north or south. The Broncos are four and a half point underdogs in the game in the NFL. From yesterday, the Buffalo Bills with former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen, 6-1 after a big row win over Kansas City, 24-20. Allen was 27-40 of for 329 yards and three touchdown passes. He is playing at an MVP-type level. He led the Bills to the go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter by one, hurtling a Chiefs defensive player on one play and then throwing a strike to Dawson Knox for a touchdown with 104 to play. Also in the NFL, Cincinnati beat New Orleans 30-26. Former UW guy and Casper native 
with Logan Wilson. Had four tackles in that game for the Bengals. High school football from over the weekend. First and four, a number one Sheridan survived number three in the Trona 28-22. That was a pretty good game. Kelly Walsh lost big to Thunder Basin 65-20. Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South 61-7. Cheyenne Central defeated Campbell County 56-17. Laramie lost at Rock Springs 35-13. 3A Douglas over Rollins 57-13. And 2A Burns over Wheatland 23-21. Newcastle got by Glenrock 26-12. And in 1A 6-man Midwest lost to Matizzi 65-19. KC down Hewlett 46-20. High school cross country. The state meet will be this Saturday at Wyoming Indian High School in Ethity. At the 4A West Regional Meet in Afton, the Tronus Tristan Enders took second for the, in the boys' race with Larrabee's Dominic Eberly third and sees Jackson Dutcher was fourth. On the girls' side, Larrabee's Addison Forey second and the Tronus Alley Wheeler third in the 4A East Meet in Cheyenne. Central's Bridger Brokaw won the boys' race with his teammate Will Barrington fourth. On the ladies' side, Central went 1-2-3 with Sidney Morrill taking first place for the Indians. Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees stayed alive in the American League Best of Five Series with their 4-2 row win over Cleveland last night. Game 5 will be tonight in New York. Over the weekend, Houston advanced to the American League Championship Series for the sixth straight year, beating Seattle in Game 3, one to nothing in a game that lasted 18 innings. In the National League, San Diego eliminated the Los Angeles Dodgers in four games, and the Dodgers were the favorites to win the whole nine yards. They won a whopping 111 games during the regular season. Defending world champion Atlanta was eliminated by Philadelphia in four games. The Braves won 101 games during the regular season. That's in sports. So who makes it into the now, last two teams standing? Now I would say the best team left is Houston. Okay. In the American League, in the National League, who, I mean, who knows? You know? Okay. Who knows? Okay. That's it's, uh, very unusual for you to go, oh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? That, it's, it's, it's pretty wide open now okay. between Atlanta and Philadelphia. Well, that just I mean, makes it exciting Diego, for you, Frank. Yep. Oh, yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, thank you. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We've got Roland's news time after that national local update on the weather forecast, and then you and I get back into it again. I'll do open phones in the 8 o'clock hour, even though I have a lot to cover. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Now, I'm going to start by telling you this hour something that I notice every time I go driving, and I'm going to relate it to something that's happening politically here in the state of Wyoming. When I drive, it's a billboard. It's a series of billboards that got up in Laramie, Wyoming. So when I go driving, one of the things I like to do to occupy my brain is when I go by a billboard, I glance real quick because most billboards only get a glance. Now, if there's a passenger in the car, that person might get a chance to read a little bit more. But most people, even if they're passengers, glance at a billboard as they go by. So what I do is I glance at a billboard and I try to see, do I understand what that's for? Do I get the message? In the vast majority of cases, I have no idea what they're talking about. 
they're either too wordy or too busy, or if they do say something, I don't know what they're referring to. I mean, the, the vast majority of billboards, I have no idea what's going on. There are some billboards out there, which I've seen, that are actually really effective. Like for those people who live in Laramie County around Cheyenne and so on, if you're heading toward Little America, the Little America billboards are really impressive because they use just a few words. You know, they'll put something up there that will be in three words describe to you how nice their rooms are and then show a picture of somebody getting a good night's rest. That's it. Yeah, always quality bedding or something like that. You know, always always quality sleep even. Or, you know, they show a picture of a nice steak. And in three words, they describe their restaurant. Little America written underneath. That's all you need to know. That's an effective billboard because at a glance, I know exactly what's going on. They have a nice golf course. They have a nice restaurant. They have comfortable beds. Yeah, I can get that juicy steak there. They have five-cent ice cream cones. I always joke that the ice cream cone is five cents, but the ice cream that goes into it is $15. But anyway, so most billboards are just a waste of time, right? Now, let's go to not Laramie County, but the city of Laramie. Running for office down there is a Democrat. This is for House District 46. I've had her on this program in the past because she was at one point running for U.S. Senate for the state of Wyoming. Okay. She didn't win that seat, obviously, but she was the Democrat candidate for running for U.S. Senate for the state of Wyoming. So now she is a candidate on a more local level, Democrat candidate for Wyoming House District 6 here in the state, you know, at the state level. So I've been interviewed Marab Ben David. I found she was very courteous on the phone, very nice, but Whenever I asked her a question, and I just let her answer, because she was a candidate on the air, whenever she answered the question, I noticed that her answers, she had no concept of history or science or reality or math or, you know. In fact, after our current new senator, Lummis, won the seat, Cynthia Lummis had said something, or Senator Lummis had said something, and Marav Ben David immediately called for her resignation, and nobody cared because the vast majority of Wyomingites never heard of Marav Ben David. But right, here she is running the candidacy again. And once again, whenever I hear her say something, I'm thinking, wow, this is one of these people, and I hate to be mean to people. I really do. I'm just going to be honest. You ever meet someone who thinks they really know what they're talking about? And yet the more they talk, you realize they have no idea what they're talking about on any subject. Okay, that's her. So let's go back to the billboard thing. She put up a billboard, which is featured on Cowboy State Daily. Those people living in the city of Laramie, you should, there's three of them around town. One billboard has a couple of fish, uh, a couple of fish sticks on it. Okay, like, yeah, the kind that you would buy in a box and put in your little toaster oven at home, those kind of fish sticks. And it says, stick to your fish, Ocean. Marav and David will represent House District 46. Uh, do you know what that means? Do you have any idea what that's talking? And this is part of what I'm talking about with billboards. Do you have any clue what that means? If you just drove by and you saw a couple of fish sticks, stick to your fish, Ocean. Marav and David, House District 46. What is she talking about? 
There's the problem with billboards. So here's the story, Cowboy State Daily. A trio of billboards along major corridors through Laramie are catching attention of many travelers with an unusual market approach. Marab Ben David, Democrat candidate, House District 46, recently put up a billboard advertisement. Eastbound Interstate 80 goes through Laramie, and two more on Highway 287 poking fun at her opponent's fish and chip business. Oh, that's what it is about. Okay. Well, most people have no idea. Most people don't know what that means. That's why I say the billboard's pretty ineffective. The ad reference to the incumbent Republican Ocean Andrews business. So there's his name. Ocean Andrews is his name. So stick to your fish, Ocean. Oh, I see. Now that I have something to tell me what that's about, because looking at the billboard, I would never know. So he has the on-the-hook fish and chips food trucks, which, by the way, I love. When I see on-the-hook, I'm not doing an ad for them, but when I see the on-the-hook food truck, and there's several trucks that go around the whole region, and I follow them on Facebook, and when I see they're going to be in my area, I'm probably going to stop and get some. Because they're really good. Okay, well, anyway. Andrew told Cowboy State Daily that he isn't offended by the billboard. He says, and I think if it's more of an attempt at humor, which I will say, okay, good. At least someone's using humor rather than an attack ad. Okay. It can seem offensive because some conclude that it attacks a local producer and place of employment, but it would be more reasonable to assume that she is running against my principles and not my delicious food. Baden David said she agrees that on the hook fish and chips are delicious. So good. Um, Andrew said he doesn't have any direct response to the billboard. He said, like most Wyomingites, I actually prefer to be left alone to raise my family and mind my business. That said, he also understands that it's not necessarily a receipt for, well, for political politics. Anyway, he says, however, I know government does not naturally work like that. Liberty must be fought for, he said, and I'm willing. So Andrew is the more conservative member of the legislature. I kind of got that just by reading what he said right there. He is uh, staunch. Well, it talks about his his political beliefs. He's very conservative. Ben David is as uh, left-wing as they get. Okay, so very, very liberal Democrat. So for those of you who are in the city of Laramie, you have two very different choices. This is like looking at a magnet with extreme polar extreme polar opposites here. They are as opposite as they can get. U.S. represent... Oh, I have to... Hang on. I didn't know that this was going to come up, uh, so I have to go ahead and set it up here. Pardon me for... Here we go. <clears throat> so the story here says U.S. Representative Liz Cheney <laughs> put out a series of billboards this summer, sarcastically remarking on her opponent's past support. Now, those billboards I thought were effective. Uh, you could ride by some of those. Uh, they, they didn't work, of course. Liz still lost her primary election. But I thought the billboards Liz put up were particularly effective because even if you had never heard before of what those billboards had said, you now were informed that this was something that was being said by her opponent. 
the billboards were easy to understand. Okay, so let's see. Um, I did. Uh, I did it to put my name out there, so people would recognize it said Ben David. Now, if anything, she got this much right. If you drive by the billboard and you don't understand what it's about, and you go, "Huh," but then you see Marah Ben David's name underneath it, and at least that name might just go ahead and stick in your head. And that's the purpose of advertising anyway, to get her name stuck in your head come election time. Ben David, it says here, ran for U.S. Senate 2020 against Cynthia Lummis. Although she received 72,766 votes that election, she faces an uphill battle against uh, the Republican uh, at large who was elected by, well, well over a majority from his opponent. He he pretty much won in a landslide from his last proponent. And then they talk about some of the issues and so on. Anyway, he, she, Ben David is saying at least his billboard is more effective than the yard sign. I will give her that much. It is more effective than the yard sign. However, again, unless you know exactly what she's talking about, you have no idea what she's talking about. 816, wake up Wyoming. Be ready for Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Eight twenty one's the time. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. So. There is a website that I refer to every so often, but I never tell you the name of the website. The reason for this is they're lame, and I don't want you going there. I, if I say the name, people might get curious and go there. I don't want that to happen because they're that lame. They hardly ever post a story, and when they do, the reason I talk about it on the air is because I'm, I'm being lazy. It's low-hanging fruit for me to pick on. So I'll just go ahead and grab the story and, and go ahead and tell you about it without telling you who they are. All right, there's the setup. So here's their headline, and it's a Wyoming website, by the way. Science deniers, book banners, and transphobes flock to Wyoming school board elections. Yeah. Right. Many parents and others booed and shouted and cursed at school board members' COVID-19 mask mandates in Wyoming now want to be on the other side of the boardroom calling the shots at meetings instead of uh, shutting them down. Groups that coalesced around misinformed anti-mask and anti-vaccine protests have expanded to other national hot-button issues like LGBTQ-related books. Now they're running for office. Well, good, but okay. So it says across Wyoming, ballots for the November 8th general election include candidates who could really care less about the quality of public education or effectively running the school district. Do you, see, do you believe any of that? that? This is just nonsense opinion. None of this is true. Let, let me back up a little bit here, because I know it's frustrating even just to listen to. Science deniers. No, they're not. That's the headline I'm reading here. No. Oftentimes. When I get into a discussion about certain things that are science, what I do here on the program is I lay out the science. This physicist said this. This, if we're talking, let's say, a climate change issue, 
You know, this climatologist said the following. This meteorologist said the following. You know, and I give you exactly what they're saying. And I, Noah said this. NASA said that. And I give you all sorts of different research and data. And when I lay this stuff out, still there are those people who will say I'm a science denier. Even though I'm laying the science out in front of you. I, earlier this morning, I, in fact, right out of the gate, first thing in the morning, I talked about how as the numbers have come in, and we still have a long way to go to research the numbers, but even Pfizer and other such groups that are providing the vaccine for COVID, several vaccines and booster shots, are flat out saying, well, we never told you it was going to prevent you from getting COVID or prevent the spread of it. Well, it's a good thing they're finally saying that because we were told by the politicians and by many people in the so-called news media that it would. And yet we know by looking at the data that it didn't. It had some effect, but very little. Not as much as you thought. And the same thing for mask wearing. There's a little bit of an effect for mask wearing, but nowhere near as much as you think. That, I'm talking science here. So how am I a science denier when I'm showing you what the science is saying, what the scientists are saying? Next, book banners. No one wants to ban books. That's the next part of the headline that's wrong. For those people who think that there are certain books at the school library that are inappropriate for a school library, they're not trying to ban books. You can still get those books. Nobody's trying to prevent you from getting the books. It's just sometimes certain books are inappropriate in certain venues. That's why I said I would not take a penthouse magazine and walk into a middle school library and put it up there on a shelf for the kids to find. Penthouse in a middle school or even a high school for that matter. Now you might say, well, those kids are going to get those anyway. Well, let them do it at home then. Hmm? It's just not appropriate someplace for certain materials. So nobody's banning books. It's just not appropriate for certain places. Transphobes. Okay, here we go. Let me tear all of that down too. I find the vast majority of people do not care what somebody else does with their body or their life. Just don't force it on us. That's all we're saying. So none of this. They're flocking to Wyoming school boards to run for good. If the school board is not accurately representing what the parents believe, then the wrong people are on the school board. These candidates, the story says, oh, by the way, wait, next line here. Instead, they are dead set on pushing their ideological agendas and conspiracy theories from the seats of school boards. Pause. The problem has been, to the author of this article, and this person does not name themselves. They just put the title of the website as the name. The current There are currently people on school boards and teachers in schools who are pushing their ideological agendas and conspiracy theories from the school board and in the classroom. That has been the problem. And so there are parents who want to fight back against that. And so that's why they're running for a school board. You see what I mean by... This article is low-hanging fruit for a guy like me. Really easy to pick apart. The story goes on to say these candidates, in some cases, running coordinated campaigns. Well, I hope it's a coordinated campaign. You're not going to win unless you run a coordinated campaign. For multiple seats on local school boards. Good. That's how you win. 
would normally be best cast aside as radicals. Excuse me, they're trying to get rid of radicals. Except that they have a serious backing from the organized right wing. Yeah, but then again, the people they're trying to replace have serious backing from the organized left wing. It's about time the conservatives showed up in some organized fashion to take back their schools. Wyoming voters, the story said, need to become informed and vote all the way down the ballot this fall, paying close attention to who is vying to guide their local schools. That line I agree with. Take a look at who's actually running on your school board. And because Wyoming is a small local community, you can get to know exactly who they are. You can find them and go talk to them and find out if that person actually agrees with the way you think. And if they do, vote for them. Now, the story goes on to talk about nonpartisan school boards. The problem is many school boards are not nonpartisan. That has been the problem. Coming up on some local news. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, triple eight ninety-seven Woods, the phone number. It's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. So I just so you know, because I don't want to disappoint you. Okay, I don't watch Doctor Phil. I just, I want to say because I'm going to play something from Doctor Phil, the television show. I know what this show is, and it may be a very good program, but basically, he is a psychiatrist that helped Oprah out a while back. And he's a very no-nonsense kind of guy. He gets right to the meat of the issue and sometimes, well, a lot of times, says things that people don't want to hear because, well, it's offensive to them, so they don't want to hear it. But he tells them the bold truth, if you will, rather than giving them some, you know, buttermilk kind of uh, make-you-feel-good psychological message. He just tells you straight to your face, hey, you're being a jerk, okay? You're being a loser, okay? Fix yourself. So this is a conversation that happened on Dr. Phil's show. Generation Z defends cancel culture, says the headline, as a positive thing. And Dr. Phil answered that. So here was the conversation on the show. Free to say whatever you want if you get fired for an off-color joke. Um, I... Okay. How you well, I, when it's you who's well, out of step with the social mores. Okay, of the and day. then you get the repercussions of what you. I said. think you're you're still acting like this is something new, though. People have been. Fired uh, well, I'm not. Things. But two people, wrongs don't make a right. People though. have been fired for things that they've said for forever, but now we're seeing an era where if you're disrespectful or bigoted towards someone, you get fired for that. I don't see that as a bad. But thing. it's a not lot more thing. that's been caught up. The than point just is, that. the threshold has really gotten low. They started 
medicalizing these words, essentially, by saying, this hurts me, this damages me. You know, I, I grew up with the old saw, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words shall never hurt you. But that changed when they started saying, this hurts me, I don't feel safe. Now it had to be dealt with by administration. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. It's like we're whispering into people's ears, by the way, um, you can't really handle life on your own, and if you hear things or are confronted with things that really bother you, you'll be permanently damaged. It's not that young people are not naturally fragile, but the messages, particularly they're giving them on college campuses, make them feel fragile. I feel like we're just wanting to be heard, and I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong. I don't think that that makes us fragile. I just think we want to be heard. I Okay, so going back to what the guest had to say there that he was talking to is I would have to agree with the idea that you, you don't want to tell people, especially at a very early age, you are so fragile that if somebody says something which you consider to be offensive, then you're supposed to have a freak-out meltdown about it. And then because of the freak-out meltdown, other people have to be dealt with. There is something, look, I'm not saying, you know, people out there, it's okay to be a jerk. I don't think it is okay to be a jerk. But on the other hand, many times people will say offensive things, even to me, they've said it to you. And if you're an adult about it, you know, it's not really a problem. You don't need to have a freak out moment and get somebody fired over. The idea that my feelings were hurt by something that they said, therefore they have to be fired. And also, I think, and I wonder if this was part of the conversation, because again, I didn't watch the show, I don't watch the show, but was it also giving more power to somebody than they should ever have? The idea that all I have to do to have power over someone is act offended. And if I act offended by it, then well, of course, action must be taken. Everybody must pay attention to me because I'm fragile and I'm easy to offend. And if I act offended by it, then something must be done about it. Therefore, I have power over other people. 888 woods is the phone number. Dave and Mills about school boards. Morning, Dave. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Good what you got for me? Um, just a couple things on the school board. All right. Uh, on those books, I agree that they shouldn't be in the school library. They can put them in public library, and that mm -hmm. way, if parents want to go get them, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> but due to the graphic nature of those books, uh, what concerns me is that if that was on anybody's computer, I'm pretty sure that maybe the DA would get them for child pornography right yeah and all that aside mm. um, with the current state of our education system uh not only the ranking of the u.s in the world but wyoming uh within the states it would seem a lot more prudent to me that they would be teaching uh the fundamentals Right. Uh, yeah. Rather than trying to push any of that agenda. Right. Which is, to that point, I look at a lot of what is in school libraries also on uh, the agenda of a classroom. And I wonder oftentimes, what exactly does that have to do with teaching a kid what he needs to learn in order to survive in society, as in get a job? 
pay his bills, balance. Well, back in the days when we had to balance checkbooks, Dave, you know, yes, things sir. like that, fundamental things like that. So many of the topics that are brought up, I look at it as that's not a topic a teacher should be teaching in the classroom. That's something that the parents should be teaching at home. I agree. Uh, the problem being, I think, is we've went from uh, people taking an interest in the school to being public schools, right. which is government run, and and then you have their agendas. And right. uh, there's a, a lot, a lot of different things, whether it be uh, school unions or whatever, that push these agendas. And I think it's time that. Uh, America to take back their schools right. uh, and get their kids an education. Yeah, to the article I read just a moment ago. So they're, they're trying to make the case that, well, people with an agenda are showing up and trying to take over the schools. Uh, the answer that I'm hearing from you is, but and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't want to speak for you, that people with an agenda already snuck in and took over the schools. Now we have people showing up trying to reverse that and bring it back to just generic teaching, which it should be. Yes, sir. Okay. So are you on the yes. school board now? Are you up for re-election this time around? Oh, God, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, would, I wouldn't do good as a public official. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Shot. Gotcha. Okay. So you're not on the school board then. Okay. But I'm glad to see that parents are starting to show up and they're actually... Because the article was even offended that people are... Get, concerned parents are getting organized and running campaigns which I think is the best. They're paying attention. They're organized. They're running campaigns. That's exactly what they should be doing, and I'm happy to see them finally right. doing it. Right. Well, even our illustrious vice president uh, the other day openly said that uh, children belong to the communities of the state and the government. Oh, did she? And they should be taught... Uh, the, the parents really don't have a say so in the yeah. communities and the government itself right. should have a, all to say on what they get taught. All right. Thank you, Dave. Now, I just want everybody to know. See, you notice that was not the Dave from San Francisco that calls the program that I hang up on. That's, I, I'm not mad at all Dave's everywhere. Just that one. 845 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Talk radio united, but never boring. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-Woods. 848 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. I can't go to the icebox because Frank actually walked into the studio and said, right down across me over here. So sorry about the smell, Frank. It's cool. Okay. It, it's cool than here. It is. Yeah. Now, well, here's, here's the thing, though. You want to talk about that. I had to close the vents behind me because that's the old heater and air conditioning system. Right. And it's trying to blast heat into the studio. Behind you is the new unit, which is trying to blast cold into the studio. And I'm stuck in the middle. It's hot and cold. It kind of is, yeah. yeah. It's back and forth kind of a thing. So if the windows ever fog up in here... Then I, then I know exactly you know exactly why. why. Okay. So, Wyoming students attacked by grizzly outside of Cody. Those were two yes. uh, wrestlers that uh, attended Northwest of College in uh -huh. Powell. One of them, the Cummings kid, um, uh, wrestled at Evanston High School in uh -huh. Wyoming. I mean, they're walking around and all of a sudden, you know, there are four of them, I guess. Yeah. 
and this bear appears out of nowhere. They all had this happened so fast. They had bear spray, yeah, and they could not react Couldn't, to it. Yeah, and and they they had the life flight both those kids to Billings. Wow! But now the wrestlers, so at least they had a chance against a bear. They had no chance. Okay, no whatsoever. They okay. had no chance. Couldn't out muscle that thing. Not, huh? not the way I read it. They, oh, okay. they had no right, no chance. That's because bears are just so they're huge, powerful, especially yeah. right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Didn't, okay. And they 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 want to sleep. They don't do, want to be bugged by anybody. They want to eat and well, go to bed. Me on a Sunday, but okay. Do you think that while trying? Because I know one kid tried to pull the bear off. You know his friend. Yeah. Do you think he tried to employ any wrestling moves in this one? Well, that's think, probably all he knew. Yeah, yeah. I would think that as just part of his training, that kind of kicked in, and mm-hmm. he tried to do what he knew is because a lot of wrestling is leverage. Yeah, it's all like like Greco-Roman wrestling is all yeah. leverage. Yeah, I'm not sure you're going to win any battles mm. with a bear ready to be. No. <laughs> to now, on the other hand, while. if he had used uh, WWF style wrestling, perhaps he could have bounced off of a tree, done a backflip, and landed on the bear's head. Right off the turnbuckle. Right. right off the turnbuckle. That obviously is right out there in the woods somewhere. Yeah. But the kids are life flighted out. They're going to be okay? They're going to need some help. They're going to need, okay. You know, I, think, I think they're going to make it. But, you know, a bear attack. I, I know a couple of people mm-hmm. who've been uh, attacked by bears. Yeah. Their, their scars are pretty, Yeah, it's pretty oh, intense. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a real thing. They're, they're, they're a gnarly animal. No, I, I just will not mess with. In fact, there's certain places that I love to hike, and as soon as somebody says, hey, we saw a bear in the area, you know, <laughs> I'll wait until somebody else gets attacked. Then I'll go. As they say in Texas, El Paso. Yeah. Well, in the NFL tonight, the Denver Broncos will be on the road to Los Angeles to meet the Chargers. Even though the Broncos are 2-3, and three, they have been really quite dysfunctional, especially on offense. Quarterback Russell Wilson has struggled to find the right receivers to throw to, and the receivers are dropping balls. This is a critical game for Denver to figure out if their season is going north or south. Broncos are 4.5-point underdogs in the game. In the NFL from yesterday, the Buffalo Bills with former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen, 6-1 and one after a big road win over Kansas City, 24-20. Allen won 27-40 for 329 nine yards and three touchdown passes. He is really playing at an MVP type level. He led the Bills to the go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter uh, by one hurdling a Chiefs defensive player on one play and then throwing a strike to Dawson Knox for a touchdown with 104 to play. Also in the NFL, Cincinnati beat New Orleans 30-26. to Former UW guy and cast for native Logan Wilson with four tackles in that game for the Bengals. High school football from over the weekend. First and 4A number one Sheridan survived number three in the Trona 28-22. Kelly Walsh lost big to Thunder Basin 65-20 Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South 61-7. Cheyenne Central defeated Campbell County 56-17. Laramie lost to Rock Springs 35-14 in 3A. Douglas over Rollins 57-13. Over in 2A, Burns nipped Wheatland 23-21. Newcastle got by Glenrock 26-12. In 1A, six-man Midwest lost to Matitsi 65-19. And Casey down Hewlett 46-20. High school cross country. The state meet will be this Saturday at Wyoming Indian High School in Ethody and the 4A West Regional meet in Afton. The Tronus Tristan Enders took Second in the boys' race with Laramie's Dominic Eber- Eberly third. The NC's Jackson Dutcher was fourth. On the girls' side, Laramie's Addison Forey placed second. The Trona's Allie Wheeler was third. In the 4A East meet in Cheyenne, Central's Bridger Brokaw won the boys' race with his teammate Will Barrington fourth. On the ladies' side, Central won 1-2-3 with Sidney Morrell winning winning that race. Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees beat Cleveland 4-2 on the road yesterday, so there's a Game 5 of that series tonight in New York. Over the weekend, Houston won the advance to the American League Championship Series for the 6 
six straight year, beating Seattle one to nothing in a game that lasted 18 innings. In the National League, San Diego eliminated the Los Angeles Dodgers in four games. The Dodgers won 111 games during the regular season. Defending world champion Atlanta was eliminated by Philadelphia. The Braves won 101 games during the regular season. I have to tell you this sports story. Yeah. In college football over the weekend, Tennessee beat Alabama. Okay. It's a big, you know, to Tennessee people are going wild. The fans are on the field. They tore the goalpost down, and they threw them in the river as a celebration. Tennessee wants, was going to take up a collection to pay for the goalposts. This is oh. a this is a this is a school that has millions and millions and millions of dollars at their disposal, a... and they want the, the the students to pay for it. Yeah, what was it? Who exactly tore up the goalposts? We the have students. video of this. Okay. Student. Oh yeah, it's all it's the, all over the internet. The yeah. people who tore up the goalposts should be repla- replacing the goalposts. No, it's no? part of the, it's part of the college experience. Oh, it's part of the experience. Okay. I, if you don't tear down all the right. goalposts in college, you're yeah. missing something. Yeah, you really? Oh yeah. Apparently, I went to the wrong college because we <laughs> never did that. Apparently. Did you tear down the gold? Yes, I did. At Drake University. Yes, I did. (laughs) Thank you, Frank. Hi, I'm Frankie. Six at a time. It's Wake Up My Own. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Monday. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So last Friday got a, on a bit of a tear here, which I started writing the script for. It had to do with our character, social justice warrior. And in this one, I thought, well, if he's going to be a superhero, then he's going to need a vehicle, like Batman has the Batmobile. And, of course, it has to be an electric vehicle. Miss Mary suggested it has to be his mom's car. And so I started writing the script. This will be a two- or three-part story because there's no way. It's just the bit's just too long if I try to put it all into one bit. So I wrote part one, and I sent it to one of the other voices because I do the voice of the announcer, and I'm the voice of the social justice warrior. And then a friend of mine, the Dan in Sioux Falls, is a social justice warrior sidekick. So he has the script. He will cut that and send it back. And, of course, the vehicle will have to take overnight to charge before he can chase the bad guy. That's going to be a problem. It's going to have to run out of battery juice on while chasing. And I'll give reasons why. That actually have to do with electric cars. And while he's trying to recharge it, it'll catch fire. Oh, all sorts of other things are going to happen. Now, so Rand Ford Danger sends me this note. I just got an idea for another social justice warrior episode. He's trying to apply for his own loan, and he sits there listening to social justice, his social justice score from the loan officer. To this, the loan officer is like, sir, this is a bank not a politician's office or something like that. I get the idea, yeah. He has to face up his own social score in order to get a loan. And it's not going to play out the way he thinks. Now, that's a good idea. I'm putting that idea aside because, as with most people who are very critical of everybody else, 
in, in, in all sorts of different ways, but including the social justice warrior and climate change and things like that. They're very hypocritical. And they can't stand someone to hold up a mirror to their own lives, right? So I told our friend in Fort Danger, well, I have a bit on that that's kind of, sort of, kind of the same thing. This one has to do with a guy going to a bank to get a loan. It represents what the federal government does. See, the, the federal government's constantly borrowing money, and every time it reaches its debt limit, it just gives itself a bigger debt limit. Yeah, imagine if you can just up your own credit limit on your credit cards to whatever you want it to be. What would that look like? Well, what can I do for you today? I would like to raise my debt limit. Excuse me? My debt limit, I'd like to raise it. Because the last time I checked, Mr. Smith, you were in serious debt. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Figured we should raise that limit. Yeah, it says here you're $140,270 in debt. Right, so I figured we should raise that limit to about 170000 I just bought a 60-inch flat screen. Have you ever been to Australia? No. Leaving tomorrow, mate. You should check it out. Great parasailing. Do you have some new income that I don't know about? Uh, no, still making about twenty-one grand a year. Okay, and are you still spending $38,000 a year? That's what it says. So you're adding $17,000 a year in debt. Wow, is that what it comes out to? Debt limit going up. Ding! Uh, have you made any cuts in your expenses? Oh, of course, yes. Uh, my wife and I cut $380 out of our annual budget. It's $380. Brutal. Okay, so you're 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 making, you're adding. Okay, so you're adding seventeen thousand dollars a year to your one hundred forty thousand dollars in debt, and you cut three hundred eighty dollars. Well, you say it like that, it makes it not sound like a lot. Hey, maybe you should think about generating some new income. Maybe a new job. Maybe ask for that raise. Oh, asking for that raise. That's not. I'm not comfortable. That's an awkward conversation. I. I I've always been able to raise my debt limit. Yeah, well, th this is a little different. Well, how? We're in the middle of a recession, and your credit rating will plummet if you continue to go along this path. It I almost had it. Um, you, you don't see how bad this is, do you? I cut my budget by $380. Are you kidding? I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. We can't help you. You're just a little like it. I am... I'm very sorry. My wife is going to lose it. Been there. I mean, $380 is bad enough. I mean, this is going to end our marriage. We stopped talking to each other for a month. The baby was totally freaked out. Wait. You have kids? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens here 27 minutes Same later there. is all they right. give the kid a crayon and they and have she's the got kid of time to deal with all this, right? Science Absolutely. alone. And so upset? this is passed on to the next generation. Yeah, and the kid is a toddler. So we'll just go ahead and and dump all of this debt on the toddler and now you can borrow money because the toddler has more time to make up the money. So we'll be just fine. Which is exactly what your federal government does with every time they borrow more money they're borrowing from future generations to pay back but don't worry those kids 
will have plenty of time to pay it back, right? All right. On that note, oh, wait, I got, hmm, let me see here. Uh, excuse me while I switch gears real quick here. I got to go ahead and call up the bit for uh, Bernie Sanders in order to, uh, da, 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 there's AOC, Cheney, Biden, Warren, Fauci, Soros. Oh, okay. Well, where's the Bernie Sanders? Oh, there it is. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm actually going to, I know, are you sitting down? I'm actually going to agree with something Bernie Sanders said. I know, right? But first, the Bernie Sanders intro song. He actually did an album sometime back, 1987, as a matter of fact. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me. Saw with an R. That endless skyway. But he doesn't do it the second time. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. All together. This land is my land. It isn't your land. I have a shotgun. You ain't got one. I'll blow your head off if you don't get off. This land was purchased by me for a fair deal and. I am, I'm sorry, did I, yeah, I get off on a tangent with that now and then. By the way, when Bernie sings that song, they show him in a studio, and of course, everybody that's singing background is not really singing background. They got a bunch of people to stand up there to act like they're singing background, and of course, they had to make everybody look diverse. The whole crowd back there has to be diverse, including a guy dressed like a cowboy who obviously has never worn a cowboy hat before. It's pretty obvious, but okay. I'm actually going to agree with Bernie Sanders on something. Sanders says the American Rescue Plan had no impact on inflation. Really? He finally said something economically that actually made sense. Senator, positions. Senator, do you accept the criticism that the American Rescue Plan passed in, in early 2021 contributed to the current inflation issue we're dealing with now? No, I don't. Well, you got that Inflation wrong. right now, as I'm sure you know, Chuck, is an international problem. Uh, uh -huh. In Germany, it is 10%. UK, it is 10%. Canada, it is 7%. Inflation globally is caused by the pandemic and the break in that supply change. Partly uh, true. It is uh, caused by, in my view, yeah. <clears throat> the war in Ukraine, obviously. Partly true, not entirely. Caused by incredible corporate greed, and I hope uh, not true at all. Yes. Not true. And when you go to the gas tank, you fill up your your, ga your car today. The oil companies are making huge pro profits. Yeah, completely wrong, but okay. Making huge profits. They prescription drug. Oh, hi. Yeah, it keeps going with this. Uh, hang on. Oh, I got Judy coming. Yeah, it's okay. I'll get Judy in here. By the way, yeah. we have a majority of yep. economists now in, in, uh, that believe a recession in the next 12 months is likely. Um, first of all, do you think the Federal Reserve is currently helping or hurting the situation? I think they're hurting the situation. I think it is wrong to be saying that the way we're yeah. going to deal with inflation is by lowering wages and increasing unemployment that is that's not, not what he's saying doing. at all by the way I just, <laughs> so he's still wrong he finally gets to the point where he says eventually after getting all of that wrong the american rescue plan had no impact on inflation whatsoever because 
the American Rescue Plan was never about rescuing America at all, was it? Or for that matter, the Inflation Reduction Act had nothing to do with inflation whatsoever, did it? None whatsoever, no. That was more like the Green New Deal kind of a thing, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. 917, Wake Up Wyoming. 97 Woods, or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. 922 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Of course, 888 Woods, phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. That'd be just fine by me. And the caller is not there. Okay, Judy, if you want to try back, you can go ahead and try back. Judy was waiting for a long time. She wanted to talk about how, well, she was doing uh, a whole thing with her uh, county commission and zoning. And there were meetings that she was making sure that people showed up at to fight some zoning, which I had to agree with her last time she called. They just had some big election turnovers in her county. And why is the zoning board trying to shove through zoning now? And they're about to, a lot of them about to be rotated out. Her argument was, why not, why not just wait to the next session when the new board is set and then we can go ahead and talk about it then? That'd be fine. But, okay, we'll see what she has to say if she manages or is able to call back. Earlier this morning, I started the program with this. I When I get ready to do a program in the morning for you guys, I spend a lot of time. I got here really early this morning. I mean, really early. And I started looking for stories that I thought would be of interest to you. So as I go through those stories, I sweep away a lot of stuff that's just nonsense. It's just garbage. It's... I understand why some people don't want to get involved in, in politics because it's just so much useless, needless, stupid drama. And most of that is the news media looking for something to write about. And they know that there's a lot of people out there who click on mindless, useless, needless drama. There was a story this morning that I found right out of the bat. And I thought, really? Because this was on a major news organization's website as their lead story at the time. Headline, air travel controversy. Passengers who recline their seats on flights are seen as rude. And then they do this whole long story about how somebody is on a very long flight that's gonna take like seven hours and she goes to recline her seat. And what is that recline, like about a half an inch? And the person behind is tapping her repeatedly. I'm trying to watch a movie back here. I can't see. You can't. You don't recline. She finally was able to ask a stewardess. There was a couple of empty seats. Can I go sit over there so she's not bothered by me reclining? Is that rude to recline your seat? And there's this whole long article on this in in which case I looked at it and thought, okay, it's one thing if you're just trying to fill space on your website, I get it. And so you go ahead and write a long article on something that's just that stupid, fine. How is that the lead story on the website? 
It must have been a slow week for news. I mean, it really must have been a slow week for news if that was their lead article. Now, another one I wanted to get to this morning real quick here, just just to toss this out. Every now and then, you know, I stop when I'm talking to you guys. I pause for a moment, and I correct something that I hear. Like, for example, when you hear me say, CO2 is not a pollutant. You know, things like that. Here's one that gets me. This is a Wyoming news organization. I won't bother to go into who. Just headline, Cheyenne expected to see above normal temperatures. Okay. I don't want to pick on these guys too much for this because the article is correct in the sense that for the next few days, for the next week, temperatures will be a bit on the, although still in the 60s and so, will be on the warmer side compared to what we're usually feeling this time of year, right? But... Where I'm calling them out is, and I've done this before on this program, using the word normal in there. Because it gives the impression that temperatures are supposed to be a certain place. It's October. Today's October 17th. Therefore, the temperature is supposed to be a daytime high of 54 degrees in the state of Wyoming. See, it doesn't work that way. I watched some uh, science videos over the weekend on uh, from some very good YouTube channels that feature actual scientists, right? And they talked about Earth's weather history, which I love studying stuff like that, right? And I'm listening to actual people who, again, these are scientists who study this. And as I've told you guys before, Wyoming has been a, a swamp. Crocodiles used to live here. So we were a tropical swamp at one point. We've been under a mile of ice more than once and have experienced every temperature in between. And that's constantly changing, right? So what is normal? Answer to that is normal never changes or is always changing, never stays the same, pardon me. Yeah, normal is there's never the same temperature year after year. It's always going to fluctuate. Don't get used to what it's supposed to be. It doesn't work that way. Judy's back on the line. Hello, Judy. Good morning, Glenn. I just wanted to take a second and remind the Toronto County residents that there's a Board of County Commissioners meeting tomorrow night. Okay. At 5.30 on the third floor of the old courthouse. And the subject matter I'm going to bring up is about the resolution that they're trying to change on our land use plan. And this is going to affect anybody who's got property in the Toronto County. So I suggest that you guys get a copy of their proposed changes, which can be found on uh, their website, Planning and Zoning and Agenda. And then you can pull down their uh, proposed changes. And go over them before tomorrow night because there's some really dangerous things that are being put in this that are going to affect how you can use your land in uh, Natona County. Okay. So that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to point out uh, the many flaws that I see in this proposed change. All right. Let's have them do that. I got to run to news time. Thanks for calling back, Judy. Wake up, Wyoming. With the Wake Up Wyoming app, free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. 
9.36 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97. W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite song. Well, I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. First headline I have for you, President Biden pushes assault weapons ban after a shotgun attack in North Carolina. Okay. Well, I, I don't know why he thought that that was an assault weapon. Biden pushes assault weapon ban. Remember the story? This was last week. It was really horrifying. North Carolina, some juvenile kills five with a shotgun. Uh, five people killed 15-year-old who began shooting individuals around 5 p.m. And one of the individuals, by the way, was an off-duty police officer. Juvenile taken into custody a few hours later. He was wounded and had to be hospitalized. Okay, talks about the, don't know the conditions of his wound. Um, the statement, uh, in part, let me see if I, do I have Biden's statement actually him saying it? No, I'm sorry, I can't give you the audio. The statement, in part, for the lives we've lost and the lives we can save, I took historic action to stop gun violence in our nation, including the signing of the most significant gun safety in nearly 30 years law, which we must do more. We must pass assault weapons ban. Kid was carrying a shotgun. So I don't know what that would have done. All right. We can get deeper into that, but you get the general idea, right? All right. Now, let's go to the city of Chicago. I call... Up. I used to do this all the time. It used to be, and I couldn't do it anymore because it got depressing to me. Every single Monday, I would give you the weekend body count from Chicago. Now, Chicago has one of the strictest set of gun laws of any city in the nation. And yet, they're the murder capital of the nation through guns, violent action, right? So apparently, banning weapons hasn't done what they thought it was going to do because the problem is not the weapons that people use the problem is that people want to use the weapons and that's much more of a difficult problem to deal with so over the weekend 19 shot friday into saturday night across mayor lightfoot's chicago abc7 chicago sometimes reports the first of the two fatal shootings took place just before 10 p.m friday night when a 13-year-old boy was shot and killed. CBS Chicago notes the 13-year-old was identified. He was found to, on a park bench with a gunshot wound to his head. Just after midnight Sunday morning, a second fatal shooting occurred. 17-year-old was killed. And there's about uh, 20 who were shot last weekend in Chicago. And the shooting victims, there's fatalities involved. Not everybody, of course, dies, but... The Sun-Times indicates that 539 people were killed in Chicago January 1st, 2022 through October 15th, 2022. 539 people killed in Chicago from January 1st until October 15th. Wow. So this is what gun control gets you, I guess? Well, I, I just want to know, with all of the rules that they have on guns... What have they accomplished for guns in Chicago? And does it help the honest person 
the, the honest person who just wants to protect themselves in their home, but now they're unarmed. The real solution to this is if we get into the neighborhoods where this violence happens and we deal with the cultural problem there. Because again, it's not the weapon. Remember, I've told you before that in the UK, they did all they could to make to just take guns off the street and ban them in any way they could. And the murder rate went up as people started to stab each other. Yeah, so the murder rate actually went up to the point that they wanted, and I forget, I have to check to see if they actually did this or not. They wanted to put drop boxes around the city for people to turn in their knives. As if people were just, even thugs who wanted to kill other people were just going to go voluntarily turn in their knives. And then what kind of a knife are we talking about here? Because you can kill anyone. You doesn't have to be a knife. There's all sorts of sharp objects out there or blunt instruments. Now, the problem is not a weapons problem. The problem is a cultural problem. And until Chicago and the UK and other such places solve their cultural problem, we're never going to get through this. We will never solve the problem. That's why I even reject the idea of, well, it's gun violence. No, it's violence. It's a human nature problem. It's a cultural problem. Murder has always been a thing. There has always been murder. That's always been something that's happened in societies across the world throughout human history. So, if you want to solve the problem, which you'll never 100% solve because human nature, but if you want to get as close as you can to it, you deal with the culture, not the tools that they choose as a murder weapon. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Seven at a time, it's Wake Up Wyoming, Frank Gambino sitting here in the studio with me. Okay, so a little bit of a twist on what we were talking about last hour. Headline here, University of Tennessee fined over fans rushing the field. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 and least can do that. Yes. However, you beat Alabama, and what are you going to do when you have 108,000 people that are there? Right. So the, all the fans are on the field. All right, so they get fined for that. See a picture of that there, and it looks like the field has more people in it than the stands. <laughs> it's a sea of people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. But So they're fined over fans rushing the field. What are they supposed to do about that? Um, not much when you beat Alabama, and not much when yeah. you have a okay. student section that probably will be, what, 30,000 people oh, just right. for the students? Well, this is where I, I'm kind of wondering, why are you finding them when there's literally nothing they can do about it? Yeah, I mean, it's the safety thing. Is so, it? Yeah, the okay. safety thing. Now, I don't even know how many, they want the students or somebody to pay for the goalposts yeah. that they tore it out. Right. I don't even know how many, how much a set of goalposts costs. Yeah. I'm assured, assuredly, that each college has two or three sets yeah. of goalposts. Just in case they they blow over or they get taken yeah. away or something like, really, yeah. Tennessee? You have the <laughs> yeah, biggest yeah. win you've had in 10 years, 15 years, right. and now you want someone else to pay for your goalpost after your football team has a glorious win? And Okay, so the glorious win probably gets some extra money anyway. Oh, yeah. So, okay. I, have, I have another one to you. Um, in the Air Force San Jose State football game yeah. over the weekend, um, the bands are supposed to stop playing when the offensive team breaks the huddle so they can hear. Yeah. The referee goes up into the stands, 
to tell the band to stop playing, you know, when the, the, the team breaks the huddle. Normally, you would just, you know, turn on your microphone and go, <laughs> uh, UNLV band, please shut up when they yeah. you know, break the huddle. He walked all the way. This is not like two or three rows. This is okay. like 20 or 30 rows. I guess maybe he wants them to know he means business? I, I guess so. I mean, that's the band director's fault. They yeah. should know that, what they're doing. You know, I mean, but yeah. <laughs> he must have been mad. <laughs> I guess so, to hike all the way up there. So is the game on pause while well, he yeah, walks yeah, all the yeah. way the hell up there? The and there's fans sitting there going, what in the hell is the referee yeah, doing? Right. Here? Okay. At that point, literally, the band director ought to really be embarrassed because he's got everybody watching this mm-hmm. as it goes on. Now, did it look like the ref was was the ref or the coach? There's the referee. The referee. Does it look like the referee was yelling at him? Or was the referee being pulled? Well, he walked up the aisle, then cut across. Yeah. You know how you have to cut uh-huh. across a little section through the seats. No, I don't because I've never been there. And, and you go. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like any row, and then yeah. you go, and he's just like. You? Yeah, okay. So he pointed at him. Oh, okay. So it was one of those, huh? <laughs> kind of a things. Unbelievable. Okay, well, this is what you get when you don't know your job. All righty. The NFL tonight, the Denver Broncos will be on the road in Los Angeles to meet the Chargers, even though the Broncos are 2-3. and three. It's been uh, quite a dysfunctional group, especially on offense. Quarterback Russell Wilson struggling to find open receivers. Receivers are struggling to catch the ball. It's a critical game for Denver to figure out which direction their season is going, and the Broncos are 4 and a half point underdogs in the game. Yesterday in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, former Wyoming Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen, boasted a really nice win over Kansas City, 24-20, so they're 6-1. Allen, 27-40 of for 329 yards and three touchdown passes. He is playing at an MVP level. He led the Bills with a go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter by one, hurtling a Chiefs defensive player on one play and then throwing a strike to Dawson Knox for a touchdown with 104 remaining. Also in the NFL, Cincinnati beat New Orleans 30-26. Former UW guy and Casper native Logan and Wilson have four tackles in that game for the Broncos. High school football from over the weekend, first and four. A number one Sheridan survived number three in the Trona 28-22 in a pretty good game. Kelly Walsh lost big to Thunder Basin 65-20. Cheyenne East over Cheyenne South 61-7. Central defeated uh, Campbell County in July 56-17. Laramie lost at Rock Springs 35-13. In 3A, Douglas over Rollins 57-13. And Burns uh, in 2A over Wheatland 23-21. Newcastle got by Glenrock 26-12. And in 1A, six-man Midwest lost to Matitsi 65-19. Casey down Hewlett 46-20. Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees will play a fifth and deciding game today or tonight against the Cleveland Guardians after the Yankees beat the Guardians 4-2 last night in that American League of Playoff Series. Also over the weekend, Houston advanced to the American League Championship Series for the sixth straight year. They beat Seattle in Game 3, 1-0 in a game that lasted 18 innings. In the National League, San Diego eliminated the Los Angeles Dodgers in four games. The Dodgers were the favorites to win the whole nine yards, won a whopping 111 games during the regular season. Defending world champion Atlanta was eliminated by Philadelphia in four games. The Braves won 101 games during the regular season. And that's it in sports for now. And the baseball so season moves along. UW has a game this weekend. Yes, right? they're okay. going to play uh, Utah State at 745 at night. That's a okay. little TV deal there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, you know, hey, Wyoming, uh, we want to play at like 2 in the morning and we'll write you a check for a million bucks? Of course fine. we will, yeah. yeah. Now, fans don't... fans don't like that. You know, like okay. you have to make a choice. You know, they game is so late, by the time you even leave the stadium, yeah. it'll be 11 o'clock or later, mm. then you have to drive home. I mean, right. you know, Casper, yeah. Sheridan, so it's going to be a home game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you got to still go home what? or stay the night. What channel pays that much money? 
Well, they the CBS Sports Network pays some of it. Uh, okay. Fox Sports One pays some of it. You know, um, right. they, that, that's that's their TV deal, and they got to squeeze yeah. people into these television windows. Yeah, you know. Okay. Seven forty-five at night. That's late. That that okay. For for those of you who have to get up so early in the morning, I guess that is entirely. Late. Oh, I forgot to mention. I was telling you one time on the this ridiculously large television. They <laughs> it, put it, my it's studio. very nice. Yeah. They had uh, that car chase that was going on mm-hmm. in California, and they had everything up in it like a NASCAR race, how fast they were going, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. What got me was from the local news team, there were three people in a little window in the corner who were doing play-by-play, just like I was watching NASCAR, oh, really? but it's a car trade chase <laughs> in Los Angeles. When the guys finally were stopped by the police and they got out of the vehicle and started running... They showed how fast each of the guys was running. That's crazy. That was, yeah. So there you go. That's crazy. That's become a sporting event, Frank. Hey, yeah. Oh, boy. We'll do it again tomorrow. Wake up, Wyoming.